welcome to Season 5 of the Jesus, Joy, and Java Podcast. I am so glad you're here, as this will be an exciting season. Is there a woman of the Bible that has impacted your walk with Jesus? I'm looking forward to the next few weeks as we learn about some incredible women who were brave, faithful, and obedient to God's calling. The more we know about these women, the more we will be able to understand God's character. Let's get ready to sit at the feet of Jesus as we get to know some women of the Bible. Welcome to Season 5. Today we start a new series on the women of the Bible. The timing of this series is perfect as we just celebrated Mother's Day yesterday. I hope you were able to celebrate this special day with your beautiful mamas or women who represent a mother figure in your life. If you're a mama, I hope that you were spoiled with love and hugs. Before we begin, let's talk about the importance of studying the women of the Bible. As we read through the Bible, we can see that there is no shortage of incredible women mentioned, and each one of them is quite unique. In this series, we're going to dive deep into the stories of a few of these women and learn about God's plan for each of them. By studying the women of the Bible, we can better understand God's character and learn how to appreciate how God uses women to accomplish his purpose. You will also deepen your understanding of the women in the Bible and their impact on history. As we go through this series and gain more insight into the lives of these amazing women, I hope their stories will impact your daily walk with the Lord. So let's get started. Today we're starting with the first woman of the Bible, Eve. We know from reading Genesis that God put Adam into a deep sleep, and then he took one of Adam's ribs and used it to create Eve. Eve was originally called woman, and later she was named Eve, meaning life. We also know that God created Eve to be Adam's companion, his helpmate. Together, they were supposed to share the responsibilities in the garden and everything in it. God said in Genesis 1.26, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God then commanded Adam and Eve not to eat from the tree of knowledge. He warned them that their punishment would be death on the day they ate its fruit. In Genesis 2.17, we read, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in that day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Unfortunately, one day, while Eve was wandering around the garden, a serpent came along and sowed 
doubt in Eve's mind by questioning her if God really meant what he said when he commanded them not to eat of the tree. Genesis 3.1 says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? The serpent went on to say in Genesis 3, 4, and 5, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Well, we know what happens next. Eve took the fruit. Not only did she take a bite, she also gave some to Adam, and their eyes were opened to both good and evil. Prior to their fall, the only knowledge Eve had came from God and Adam. She was created with a pure heart in God's image. She was naked and not ashamed. She never suspected that the serpent had hidden motives. Sadly for Adam, he was also tempted and failed to protect his wife. Therefore, both were held equally responsible for their disobedience. So what can we learn from Eve? One thing we can learn from Eve is to have more discernment. Our girl Eve, she lived in paradise. She lived in the perfect environment with God's provisions and lacked nothing, but she still focused on what she did not have. She did not have the permission to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Unfortunately, she lacked discernment and stepped outside of God's will to obtain what she did not have. We see this happening a lot today when we're too busy trying to keep up with the Joneses and we think that the grass is greener on the other side. We become influenced by the world and desire things of the world instead of being content with what God has blessed us with. So don't be like Eve. Ask God to keep you away from ungodly influences, away from the snakes. <laughs> it's no secret that Satan has his minions out there trying to deceive us every single day. They are skilled in their tactics. They know exactly what to say and usually approach us when we are vulnerable. Be careful when one of Satan's minions approaches you with deceiving words or tries to get you to question God. These minions can be disguised as handsome men at the office, the friendly clerk at the supermarket, or even your child's teacher at school. Satan has his minions scheming and ready to attack your mind and your heart at just about any place that you frequent. Some of them are skilled enough to get you to fall for their tactics on their first try, while others groom you for several weeks or months or years until you begin to question God and then start to justify your reasons of why you should disobey Him. In 1 Corinthians 15.33, Paul warns us, don't be fooled by those who say such things, for bad company corrupts good character. How do we prevent this? First of all, 
by praying for discernment. Ask God to help you identify when Satan is deceiving you. Let me talk to my single sisters for a minute now. Sisters, if at all possible, take another sister in Christ with you when you go to gatherings or parties. Pray for discernment and ask God to show you if you should even attend that event. I'm not saying you shouldn't have a social life, but just be aware that there are certain places where we should not be. Allow the Holy Spirit to guide you and to keep you from the things of this world. In John 17, 14 through 16, Jesus prays the following for his disciples. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of this world. Just as I am not of the world, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Okay, now I want to talk to my married sisters. This may sound old-fashioned, but I wholeheartedly believe that we are to always accompany our husband to church events, fellowships, parties, any gathering. Unless, of course, it's a men's meeting or a men's conference. (laughs) My husband and I participate in several ministries at church. There are weekly fellowships, lunch dates after service, Bible studies. The one thing that we always have agreed on is that we do not go alone. Of course, if I have my women's ministry events and he has a men's Bible studies, then we do go alone. Please do not misunderstand me. This has nothing to do with insecurity or jealousy, but it has everything to do with discernment. When Satan sees an open door, he or she will creep in. So do everything possible to avoid being alone with another man who is not your husband and help your husband avoid situations where he is alone with another woman who is not a family member, of course. A woman I know confronted her husband about a situation at work. He had mentioned to her that one day he went to lunch with a male and a female coworker from the office. In their conversation, he mentioned that the female drove. When she asked her husband where he sat in the car, he said the front passenger seat not seeing anything wrong with it. When she explained that even though he doesn't have any feelings for this female, it is still inappropriate for a married man to be seen in the front seat with a woman who is not his wife or a member of his family. She explained that it would not look right if one of their mutual friends or a family member saw this because that person would not understand the situation or see that there was a third passenger sitting in the back seat. He was able to understand this and apologize to his wife for this behavior. Let's keep in mind that when we do things that appear to be inappropriate, it's easier for the enemy to tempt us. As it says in Galatians 5.16, let's walk by the Spirit so you don't gratify the desires of the flesh. As we see from the story of Adam and Eve, Satan tempted and deceived Eve 
as soon as he saw the door wide open. Here's a thought. If Eve would have stayed by her husband's side, perhaps the serpent would have stayed away from her. One more thing before we end today's episode. Be very careful of the conversations that you have with others. If our conversations are not edifying to God, that's also an open door for Satan. Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Eve's conversation with the serpent was not edifying to God. She was deceived to do something contrary to God's will for her life. So don't be like Eve. Sisters, I hope you were encouraged to pray for discernment and to guard your heart and your mind from the enemy. Do not be deceived like Eve in the Garden of Eden. Remember what it says in 1 Peter 5.8, The enemy prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom to devour. I am so excited for the time that we're going to spend the next few weeks in this series of the Women of the Bible. Each week, we will learn about another amazing woman and how she was used by God to accomplish His purpose. For this series on the women of the Bible, I would like to recommend a book that will help you cultivate Christ-honoring daily habits and overcome fear and build unwavering faith. This book is titled The Set Apart Woman by Leslie Ludy. Have you ever felt an ache for something more than your Christian walk? Do you long to leave apathy behind and pursue passionate devotion to the one true King? Leslie Ludy presents a powerful, beautiful vision for becoming wholly consecrated to Christ, showing you how to trade unfulfilling distractions for purpose-filled living and exchange confusion and doubt for joy and confidence. I hope that you will join me in reading this book. I have included the link for this book in the show notes and also in the Jesus, Joy, and Java Facebook page. If today's episode has inspired you to grow closer to God through His Word, please share this podcast with a sister friend. Your sharing and caring has allowed the Jesus Joy and Java podcast to rank in the top 30% of the most globally shared podcasts on Spotify. Please continue to help me get God's Word to more women all over the world. And don't forget to follow Jesus Joy and Java on Facebook Instagram, and YouTube. All of the links are in the show notes. May our lives always be filled with more Jesus, more joy, and more Java. See you next week.